You are listening to Ron Van Dam, a man who sold his soul for fame and fortune and didn't keep the receipt. This is the Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's the Ron Van Dam Show. Thank you very much. Hold on tight. Things can get a bit weird. If you like that sort of thing. Hey, welcome to the program. It is indeed the Ron Van Dam Show. I can prove it. It's me. There you go. That's all you need. I sound like this all the time. That's how you know it's me. I'm grumpy and yet incredibly loving. How does that work out? I don't know. I thank you for coming by today. Really, really nice of you. Thank you so much. I have no gifts or presents for you, but nonetheless, everybody gets a free copy of my book that I haven't written yet, so that's coming. Uh, I've been writing a book for about 20 years. <laughs> it's been it's been ridiculous. I, I've, I, yeah, I, I just, every time I sit down to write the thing, I have to go to the bathroom or something. I mean, something's interrupting me, or maybe it's time for for dinner uh, it's difficult it's just difficult or maybe there's yard work to be done that's not true you know that I don't do yard work I did as a child my father didn't have children he had workers that's that's why that's why we weren't children we were employees of the parents that's what we did I mowed the lawn I did yard work basically for a quarter an hour if that and my father would pay me. Sometimes he'd say, I'm a little short this week. Can I pay you next month? All that kind of stuff, man. So, um, And then when I was a young adult, I lived in Rochester, New York for about a year. That was enough for me because it snowed every day, even in July practically. And I shoveled, man. I shoveled. I didn't just shovel the driveway. I shoveled cars out of the driveway. I mean, yeah, it was that much. It was that much snow. So I've paid my dues. Do I do yard work anymore? No, I've paid my dues. Do I do anything anymore? No, no. My greatest talent is sitting in a chair. I think I, well, I don't even know if I do that well, to be honest with you. Anyway, enough about me. How about you? Oh, that's right. I can't hear you. Oh, crap. Now it's all on me, isn't it? I do have a very interesting show today, I guarantee you that. He is the author of a book called Divided We Fall. That kind of says it all, doesn't it? That's the uh, the picture in this country these days. United we stand and underline divided we fall. As we're uh, as divided as we've ever been in the history of this country, on the other hand, uh, that means we're falling, and uh, sometimes in a free fall, which is difficult. We're going to discuss that today. Has it always been like this? Are we as divided as we think we are? Has it? Have we been divided this back in history, uh, and what happened? All that stuff we're going to explore today with our guest. I think it'll be fascinating. All right. Um, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough deal. You know, it's it's the it's the children. It's it always goes back to the children, doesn't it? It's uh, the 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 children that are in high school today will be voting in the next election, and that'll be very significant because children in, at the high school age they don't put up with crap. They don't. They are not. Uh, they don't care about politics. They don't know what the hell's going on in their own life. They don't know. All they know is I see confusion. I see arguing. I see nothing being done. I see problems because no one's figuring them out. No one's sitting down and talking with them. So the party that causes obstruction will be the party that shall lose. Uh, we know which party that is at this point. Uh, yeah, the, 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 and they're going to be voting. Do you know why? Because it's their future that we're toying with. I mean, most of us are pretty much in cement here. I don't mean that physically. I mean, like, as far as psychologically, we're in cement. You know, it's like, all right, we're adults. You know, it, it is what it is. I get it. You know, I'm, I'll live out my life. Just don't bother me. Kids, though, high school kids, college kids, ooh, no, that's the opposite. Hey, you're toying with my future. You're, you're, you're screwing up my future. You're screwing up the country that I have to live in for decades and decades and decades and decades. Whole different ballgame for us. So uh, if kids rise up and say, uh, this is my planet and you're screwing it up, you have been for a long time, we need to reverse this process, those people, which are the children, uh, will inherit the earth and thanks for inheriting, this is like, who wrote the will for this? You know, you're, I'm inheriting the earth, thanks for leaving me this. They want it to be better. They don't want the, and you know, whether it can be better or not, not even the question. It's just stop the crap, stop the arguing, uh, work together, like get it done. Just do it. Don't do it for yourselves, for your, for your, your, your seeking power. Don't do it for that reason. Most, most politicians think that they can't be successful if they don't destroy the other side. Destroy them at any cost. And that would be the cost of the American people that we're talking about, and that's you. It's bullshit. i sorry to use the word, kids, but it is. And um, <laughs> children nor adults should be putting up with this crap anymore. We have some strange things going on. We really do. In Congress, you know, if there's a, if there's a bill to... Um, Oh, take care of something that everybody wants and both sides agree on it, it they won't even bring it to the floor, so to speak, because um, we have to attach other things to it. Well, I'll vote for this if you make uh, pigs uh, a, a free range. You know, that's that's the free range pig thing separate from uh, from approving uh, expenditures so that the comp- so that the country doesn't uh, default. Yeah, what's what's good for the country? I say company by mistake sometimes. What's good for the company? This is the United States of company, <laughs> and sometimes it is. We're gonna take a break before we get into this with uh, my guest, and then we'll be back. We don't get to choose our family names. We're born into them, and some of them are, quite frankly, a little embarrassing. For many, a burden that follows them through life. If you've got an embarrassing last name, you may have thought about having it legally changed, 
but perhaps you thought it might be complicated and expensive. Well, I'm here to tell you that having your last name legally changed is simple and cost-effective and will take that lifelong burden away in just a few easy steps. Call me today, Attorney Jim Cockwaffle, with the offices of Cockwaffle and Comstein. We know what you're going through. The Ron Van Dam Show is made possible by generous contributions from listeners like you. Except you, Jerry. You're a turd. We're sending your money back to you. Don't ever send money here again, Jerry. You know perfectly well why. Final warning. You haven't forgotten. We haven't forgotten, Jerry. Okay? Like $14 was going to smooth things over with Ron. No, Jerry. Just fucking no. We will send people to your house. For everyone who's not Jerry, thank you. And we return you to the Ron Van Dam Show. Alan Rivlin joins us now. He's co-author of Divided We Fall, Why Consensus Matters. I believe we've spoken before, haven't we? Uh, Probably. I think so. Um, Good to speak to you. This is a very important book. And... uh, Actually, a co-authored. Uh, unfortunately, you had to finish this up yourself. I understand. Uh, with my wife Sherry Rivlin, but my yeah. mother, who started this project, passed away in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, th- things are weird these days, Alan. Um, <laughs> did they get weirder since you started uh, collaborating on this book? That's exactly what happened. My mother could see things were getting weird. Uh, and dangerous. I think we should say weird and dangerous. Uh, And she started this project to try to deal with it and understand it. And uh, then she passed away. She ran out of time. We kept writing it as things kept getting weirder and more dangerous. Uh, But now we have uh, something which offers a little bit of hope, but an awful lot of analysis of sort of how we got here and how we get out of it. Yeah, um, you were involved in, in a lot of the uh, the ongoings uh, in the government and in policy and, uh, and such with the, the Clinton administration, and and um, you, you've just you've had many many years in this, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I'm a youngster at what sixty three. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I worked in the Clinton administration and uh, was a, a pollster for most of my career. Uh, a Democratic pollster, uh, trying to understand what people were saying as they were just getting more and more frustrated uh, that it didn't seem the government was listening to them or doing what they wanted. You know, we always go back in time uh, to the the Ted Kennedy days and and that kind of thing where people were reaching across the aisle with each other. They had uh, harsh words and, and harsh differences, but they were friends and shared a drink and worked things out. Um, I remember those days. Fortunately, I was old enough to, to be a part of, of that as a, as a public citizen. At what point do you think, Alan, that things started going differently? Oh, this is one of those frog in a, a pot of water type things. Uh, the book traces bipartisanship and partisan conflict uh, back to the founding, back to the Constitution. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. It, my mother set up this incredibly ambitious challenge for us to uh, uh, to complete her vision because she wanted to talk a little bit about everything from American history and 
our divide divisions over race and slavery mm -hmm. and uh, segregation uh, through the the uh, through 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 the three wars and mm -hmm. and uh, into the the sixties and and then I think that really you pick up the story in it with when Ronald Reagan uh, is able to win election and then Republicans after being in the wilderness for a long time suddenly. Uh, gain, gain control of the Senate. Uh, things yeah. were declining. Uh, you have the new Gingrich revolution in the Clinton administration that, that both she and I worked in. And then uh, uh, you have the terrible uh, partisan battles of the Obama years mm -hmm. uh, with the government shutdowns and the, the right. showdowns and the, the debt default threats. Um, things were not good uh, when Donald Trump came in onto the scene, but he made things a whole lot worse. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, let me give you my opinion and in your great research, uh, tell me if, if I'm far off here. It seemed to me that everything started going downhill when, uh, social media, uh, hit the, the spotlight in the sense that people through history have maintained their difference of opinion and their anger uh, and now it seems like it's okay to unleash it and give them hell. <laughs> we put two words together, democracy and the truth. Mm -hmm. And you can't have one without a commitment to the other. Right. And uh, what we see now in the modern period is uh, we're actually fighting over whether we believe in the Constitution, right. whether we settle our differences with, with reason and the truth and facts and arguments and then votes and you count the votes and you uh find out who won or whether there's thuggery and violence mm -hmm. um but it is definitely true that now with this fragmented social media we don't have a common understanding of what's the truth and uh so so there's a battle over uh whether uh whether the research uh done at universities and done by government agencies whether any of that matters uh, and my mother started the Congressional Budget Office, which was designed to try to do something impossible, which is predict where the economy is going under various different scenarios of legislation, uh, but do it in a nonpartisan mm. way. She was a real defender of the institutions of truth that we have. Uh, defending the media is very hard these days, uh, but it's better than no media or yeah. everyone's opinion is equal. Well, that's true. Well, media comes in many in many different forms now, whereas when we were kids, there was one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but it certainly seemed better. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, yeah. I, speaking of, of, of budgets and, and how bipartisanship uh, can, can achieve things, uh, I also remember days where, where budgets were not only balanced, but there were surpluses. Um, that's unheard of now, isn't it? That's a main point of the book, and, and Alice was the budget director in the Clinton administration. Mm -hmm. She played several roles, um, and uh, she was in a lot of the budget fights uh, that happened in the Clinton administration. They were shutdowns, but after the Republicans shut down the government, uh, the public did something that surprised the Republicans. It said, no, we like the government. Open it back up again, mm -hmm. uh, and blame the Republicans for shutting it down. Then... They came to the negotiating table, and they, instead of pronouncing every Clinton budget dead on arrival, they pronounced one of them alive on arrival, and they negotiated from there. 
they achieved four balanced budgets in a row. They yeah. were surpluses yeah. four years in a row. We haven't done it since. No, and possibly not again. Who knows? Um, the, the, the title of your book is, is kind of says it all to me, Divided We Fall. Um, th- that's, I, mean, I, I use that phrase a lot, united we stand, divided we fall. And if you can't stand united, this is the other side of the consequence. And nobody seems to really understand that. Well, there's some good news uh, in the most recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main message of the book is bipartisanship happens a lot more than we think it does, really? but far less than we need. One of the things is the the media, <laughs> we were talking about the media, yeah. they don't cover part, uh, bipartisan agreements with the same, they really like conflict and standoff. True. That's where their attention is. True. So if you look at the last year, there was a, uh, uh, Biden was elected to be bipartisan. That's Correct. how he campaigned. Correct. He was elected to do that. A lot of members of his own party criticized him for it, and a lot of members of the other party criticized him for it, but he did it anyway. He found that Mitch McConnell was actually willing to deal. Mm-hmm. So they passed a whole lot of things. You know, the, the infrastructure bill, the CHIPS Act, that burn pit uh, mm-hmm. legislation, the NATO expansion, there was gun safety. Meanwhile, at the same time, the Inflation Reduction Act, which was called Build Back Better originally, got stuck in a Democrats versus Democrats standoff. Eventually, they agreed to split the difference and move forward on that. So we've actually had a lot of bipartisan accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And and McConnell and uh, Biden are in the middle of negotiations now with with Schumer and Pelosi. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the current Congress is still the Congress. That we just had an election, but the lame duck period that we're in right now, the Congress can vote on things, and they're actually moving bipartisan legislation forward right, right now. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, going back uh, just for what you, some of you said before, is that it seems like the parties don't even understand uh, "United We Stand, Divided We Fall." It seems that there, there's so much infighting within the individual parties. I mean, that that step hasn't even been achieved yet. Oh, our parties are are in big trouble. I happen to prefer one of our parties over the other mm-hmm. one, and and the Republican Party has a big problem. It's got a leader who's now saying he wants to suspend the Constitution, and mm-hmm. he's sending death threats to the to the other leaders of the uh, Republican Party. Yeah. But I I listened to your show, and I've heard you say the problem is the extremes. Mm-hmm. and we should find ability to meet in the middle. Right. And I think the one thing we say in the book is par- partisanship is not the problem. Mm-hmm. We need people who are partisans. It's uncompromising partisanship. Mm-hmm. It's when you're not willing to say, I'm a Democrat, you're a Republican, let's concentrate on the areas where we can agree right. and move forward rather than staying in a stuck place uh, where where nothing's getting done and we just have stalemates and gridlock. Yeah. That's true. I've I've always been offended by by the phrase "winning" when it comes to politics. We we won. I mean, you win an election by number of votes. I get that. That's pretty much uh, what the phrase means. Uh, but to to make the other side lose or look like they're losing or give them a losing type of persona, I I don't understand how that helps anybody. Um, I- you know what I mean. I totally agree with you. We have this idea 
that in the next election, if we can just figure out how to put the blame on the, the other yeah. party, yeah. we're going to win this. We're going to vanquish them. We're going to take over yes. everything and do what we want. Every time we do that, we end up with an election that doesn't really settle anything because right. we're a deeply divided nation between mm -hmm. Democrats and Republicans. Neither side ever gets the red wave or the blue wave. Those are very rare. They are very rare. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, this this Herschel Walker thing is is kind of s so prominent uh, that that that's like almost like in your face. Like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> um, I mean, he scored a lot of touchdowns. Yes, he did. Uh, I, fantastic. I'm, I'm from Washington, so he played a large part of his career mm -hmm. uh, in 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 what we call the bad the bad place yeah. uh, and uh so i wasn't rooting for him uh on the football field and i certainly think we've exposed uh that he does not have the intellectual capacity to not be quite. <laughs> not quite. A, a senator from from no. georgia or anywhere no, else. no i would not want mitch mcconnell to be a wide receiver <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that would work either all right um the book is uh available everywhere at this point uh, the book is available wherever books are sold. You can go to your local independent bookstore or go on one of the online behemoths and find Divided We Fall, Why Consensus Matters by Alice Rivlin, Alan Rivlin, and Sherry Rivlin. Beautiful. You know, what concerns me a lot as a talk show host, and, and you've, you've been around and in a similar situation, is that there's so many people that don't know what's going on and they respond by saying i don't follow politics i i don't really know what's going on i guess i should pay more attention the numbers of people who say that kind of outshine the ones that know what's going on and i'm not talking about one party or another they just don't follow they haven't heard these names before they just that just isn't part of their their life that concerns me so much I agree with you, but I take a lot of comfort in the election we just had. Mm -hmm. uh, people who, most people, we don't expect people to vote in uh, in the the off year elections Correct. in the you know, the, and they came out in the midterms, and not only that, but they split their tickets. They mm -hmm. found the people who are denying the last election. Right. They might have voted for the Republican for governor and the Democrat for senator yep. because one of them was, was lying to them. Mm -hmm. uh, and the special thing that makes me really uh, hopeful for the future is that young people came out and voted in numbers nobody expected, and they mostly made the right decisions. So mm -hmm. they're following politics. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of people who say, I don't know about politics. But a lot of people came out and voted in the last election, and they mostly got it right. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm, I'm in Massachusetts. We've had a governor for uh, quite a few years now, Governor Baker, who's a Republican. A Republican uh, in Massachusetts winning an election is unheard of. You don't do that. Uh, most people don't even know that he is Republican. The politics of this gentleman never even come into play. He just does an incredible job for the people. And they keep voting him back in. He's retiring, but at the same time, that's what's, that's what's happened here. I think he's a great uh, role model for just getting things done for the people. And politics don't have to be involved at all when you're doing that. Different in Washington, I get it. But it's nice to see a little role model here and there. Yeah, people think of Massachusetts as a very blue state, but mm. there's been a lot of Republicans yes. representing Massachusetts. Yes. And the similar we have in Maryland. I'm from Washington, D.C., but, but Maryland's right across. I can't mm -hmm. vote for anyone mm -hmm. for 
a senator or a Congress because I live in the last colony. But right. in Maryland, they voted in a Republican governor for several years. Mm -hmm. uh, just just now, Massachusetts and Maryland are sort of following each other, right. uh, going back to, uh, I guess, normal. But I agree yeah. with you. I, I was taught by my mother to respect a lot of Republican lawmakers who were honorable and uh, trying to seek common ground. Yeah. And I think we all need more of that. Yeah, there's no question about it. I used to complain about uh, Bush, you know, in the in the early 2000s there, and and now it's like, no, he's he's, he's good. He's it's a, comparatively that was good. That's <laughs> kind of weird. All right, uh, is there a website where people can uh, take a look and follow you and get your thoughts on things? Yes, can I give you two of them, please? One of them is Zen politics.com like like buddhism zenpolitics.com and that's where you find myself and my wife sherry rivlin um the other one is it sounds self-serving but it's dividedwefall.org and it's not actually our website it's one we found that just has the same name as us oh. so you can find our writing there but you can also find a lot of other people who are in the same uh, similar space who are Great. trying to figure out how to make government work despite our divisions. Beautiful. Well, we say to the public, uh, stay involved and know what's going on around you because it does affect you whether you realize it or not. It's always a pleasure speaking to you. We hope to do it again in the future. Well, you do a great service. Uh, as a, you have a great show. Thank you. Alan Rivlin, thank you so much today. All right. You're welcome. Take care. You know, a lot of people live by the horoscope thing, and as you probably know, we uh, do have a member of the staff, an expert in horoscopes. His name is Kip Starchild. He lives his life by the stars, and by the stars, I'm not talking about the Kardashians. I'm talking about those things that hang in the sky, so to speak. <laughs> so... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is time for your horoscope reading. Write this down. Things could come true. I'm telling you, you never know. Um, you'll be surprised. Greetings, fellow planetary travelers. Kip Starchild here with your New England Broadcasting Horoscopescape for the month. Let's see what the stars have in store for you. Aquarius. Resist that pesky urge to bet on sports, especially the urge that tells you to put a big bet on professional wrestling. Pisces, your love life is about to get heated when your ex decides to set your house on fire. Aries, there's never a bad time for cake, especially when there's not much more time for cake, okay? Taurus, go for that promotion you're thinking about. Do not go for the promotion in the leather bondage gear you're also thinking about. Gemini, with the holidays coming up, go big on that wish list this year. After all, you're the only one buying for you. Cancer, when in doubt, plea bargain. Leo, you really should just go by Leonard. It's a nice name. Virgo, the stars say a large sum of money will be coming your way, which probably means you're going to get hit by an armored car. Libra, honestly, have that thing checked out already. It's huge, and yes, it's noticeable. Scorpio, shop for a new car this month. The police have a pretty good description of the old one, incriminating front end dent and all. Mm-hmm. Sagittarius, it's time to stop dating on a dare. 
You barely got out of that basement last time. Capricorn, do more good deeds this month, like letting people get out of your basement. I'm Kip Starchild, and this has been your look at your horoscope scape for this month. Make good choices. Peace. Well, thank you, Kip, and thank you to my guests, and thank you to you. I'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new show, but until then, I wish you peace. Peace.